0: Have you ever walked through your church or your ministry through the eyes of a first-time attender? If you haven't, I really think you should. I think everyone should from time to time. You may be amazed at what what you'll see. And we as leaders, we get desensitized to what what the experience is really like. Recently, I walked through a, a church as a brand new person on a Sunday morning, a secret shopper, that is. And today, I want to share with you my three most important takeaways from my, my secret shopper experience with the church. Stay tuned. <music> Hey there, I'm Ryan Franklin, and I would love for you to join me every week as we explore leadership topics that will help you get the clarity needed to move your organization forward. Just hit the subscribe button and the bell to get notified as soon as I post a new session. And before we get started, I do want to mention that I have a great product called the Christian Leader Blueprint. It's a solid model for leadership development to help you establish a better rhythm of life, see yourself more clearly leverage your strengths and build more productive relationships. And I want to give it to you as my free gift. Just go to ryanfranklin.org and you can download the short guide for free today. And without any further delay, let's get to our session. I want to tell you up front that I fully believe in following the Spirit of God. I fully believe that our that our churches should resemble the very first church in the Bible that began in the book of Acts. I want to experience a form of Pentecost every time I gather with the church. And though I'm not advocating that we should be a seeker-sensitive only church, I do believe that, that we need to be as sensitive to the, to the experience of the seeker as we possibly can. And if we don't, then we stand the chance of not having the opportunity to truly influence people for the kingdom of God. My ultimate passion for life comes from the Great Commission to go ye therefore, teach all nations, and I'm driven by the cause of making disciples. And as a pastor and and a church leader, if I'm not regularly working to make Jesus a reality in other people's lives, then I probably need to go pray and and, and go ingest more of the Word of God, because that's exactly what prayer and Scripture will push you to do. And part of the plan of God was the gathering of the church body. It creates order and organization to the work of God. And as a pastor, I want to do the best job that I can to make that a great experience for a brand new person. It's just going to facilitate their discipleship process. It's going to make it smoother with less resistance with with them actually becoming uh, or attempting to become a disciple of Christ. And so with that said, uh, a pastor from a town called None of Your Businessville, <laughs> with all due respect, it's it's none of your business. This pastor, he's a phenomenal man of God. He asked me to come and just be a secret shopper in his church. In other words, show up on a Sunday morning and just like just act like I'm a person, a brand new person who's interested in attending the church. And I just want to say, this speaks so highly of that pastor, to be willing to go under the microscope with hopes to improve his church. It just speaks to his leadership, to his kingdom-mindedness, and I'm going to tell you, my respect for for someone willing to do this is extremely high. And so I'm going to share some insights of my experience, primarily to, to get you thinking about your church, and the systems of your church. And I'll share with you three of the biggest takeaways that I had, or maybe three suggestions that I have for you. And for context, this is a church of about maybe 280 people in attendance. It's it's in a small town sort of environment. And I had never been to this church for a church service. I had been there for a funeral many years ago but but never for a regular church service. And I went through it with sort of an eagle eye, just kind of looking for anything and everything. And most of what I saw was very positive. They had a beautiful building. Their grounds were extremely well taken care of. I drove around their campus just sort of looking for something and 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 the only thing that I could even find that was close to an eyesore was the main church sign. It had a little bit of mold growing on it. And that was really just being really nitpicky. And I realized that not every visitor is going to be that intense with their evaluation. I understand that. But but different people, they care about different things. And so I tried to keep that in the back of my mind and, and just try to be as comprehensive as possible when I when I was going through the church. And I tried to pay attention to every possibility of what someone in their community would would pay attention to. And if you're a youth pastor, I encourage you think of this through the lens of your your youth service. If if you lead another ministry, you can think of this through the lens of your of your your particular ministry. If it's a business, think of it through the lens of a of a new person what they would experience as they went through your business. And so anyway, my visit started the night before on saturday night i started browsing their social media accounts and their website and and this is my first takeaway the first first thing that i recommend your electronic presence means more today than any other day in history so you better pay attention to it even if you're in a small town or a royal town People are going to check you out electronically before they ever step foot on your campus. It's so vital. It's so important. So in none of your business, Bill, their social media was in pretty good shape graphically. It showed a lot of faces and and had updated graphics. Uh, Whoever was taking pictures was obviously a decent photographer. And the only issue with the post were that it seemed to have announcements that were geared towards church members like one of them was was a uh, cancellation of a prayer meeting and in my opinion social media shouldn't be an internal communication method you shouldn't be canceling events on social media social media is something for the community it should be focused on the community and and i absolutely think you should put events on the page and advertise events but it's gonna it's got to be events or content that are going to be attractive to outsiders like me in this situation, especially things that 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 will show community and relationships and and I think it's even helpful to occasionally show people who are you know pouring their hearts out to God in a worship service that's I would say that's very appropriate this is the essence of what we're about as a church and and we should be transparent and, and show that we value those those spiritual moments. And so back to none of your business Phil, I found out later that they that they don't really have any effective way to communicate to the church and so that's why they were using their social media to communicate everything. And so that was immediately a recommendation when I was unpacking this with the team and and now they're looking at going back to some sort of email communication. And possibly even even they've had some talks on purchasing an app that would have notifications so that they can push announcements out to their to their church members. So from here, their online presence it really got messy. From here, just to give you a, a few things that maybe you could watch out for, I'll share with you um, in their about section of their social page of their social media pages. There was a link tree which I think is great so you can be linked to more information or current events um, so I clicked on their on their link tree and and there was only one link in it and it was an old link to sign up for small groups and there was no links to discovering more as a guest there was no links to the website or service times nothing and what I What I was really hoping for in that moment was to find a link to to explore the church in more detail, but I couldn't find that. I couldn't even find the times of the service on on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, Facebook had some minimal information, but it was even conflicting with the website that I eventually found. So with social media alone, there would have been no way for me to find enough information to even get to the church, much less find out information that would help me understand the church. And then the website. Oh my goodness, the website. It was bad. <laughs> it was brown and it was dark. And I literally couldn't find one picture of a face on the website, the entire website. The only thing on the website that was that was decent was the catchphrase on the banner, on the header. It said, uh... The perfect church for imperfect people. Now I do like that; it gave a sense of warmth and the impression that it would that it would be uh, that it would possibly be a friendly and accepting church. And so, when I was unpacking this with the leadership team, they were surprised that the website was even still active. They thought it had been taken down, I think, years ago. But honestly, if if it had if it had been taken down. Even as bad as it was, I wouldn't have had anything to confirm the address or the times of the church service to to get me to the church. And so this is a really big, big problem for them. People, um, especially younger people, they're going to check you out electronically before they ever step foot on your property. And if you're struggling in this area and you may need uh, some help, uh, or, an, or a great example of a website, our uh, our church site at POA is is poa.church. And this is a great, great site to check out. We just launched a brand new website. Uh, we're still working the bugs out, so don't judge us if you find something crazy on it. But it's a beautiful site with all of the key information that, that a church would need on it. Now, if you're a smaller church, you really don't have to invest as much money as we did. You don't have to have something as elaborate You can have something very simple, and you can do the same thing, you can communicate the same information, and you can can do that on a simple platform like Wix or, or one of these others, and it just needs to be clean and helpful to the guest as they're trying to explore your church. So, second takeaway, student and children's ministries are the key to young families, you know, as a 42-year-old, I'm 42 years old, 42-year-old guy considering where I would take my family. When I walked into the to the doors of this church, my first question was, what do you have to offer my kids? I have a 15-year-old girl. I have a 12-year-old son. And I have to admit, I sort of fibbed a little bit in that moment. And I told them I had an eight-year-old as well, because I wanted to know about their children's ministry. And so, a security guy greeted me at the door. He was, he was a really nice man, by the uh, really super nice guy, and, and this was during the Sunday school hours, so there was no guest services at this time, and I think that's probably okay, especially with a, with a bit of a smaller church, because most of your guests are not going to start with Sunday school. They're usually going to start with a, with a church service, and so I asked the security guy if he could show me opportunities for my kids. He was super nice, and he immediately knew where and who to connect me with, and that was a brilliant thing. That was a great thing. He brought me to another guy that oversaw the flow of things in Sunday school. I don't know exactly what his job title was, but he was very helpful in showing me around, showing me the kids area that my (laughs) eight-year-old would go to, and he showed me junior high for my 12-year-old, and he showed me senior high for my 15-year-old and uh and he really made my experience a positive one because of how engaging and conversational he was and it's and it's a good thing that he was engaging cuz there wasn't much positive about what i saw in those particular areas as as far as the facilities go and the function of the ministry the the children's area it wasn't too bad but here's a biggie that i thought was important there was no secure area to receive kids and guests, maybe kid guest, you just walk straight into the classes. Anyone off the streets could walk straight into the classes. And I really think that parents these days, they, they would feel a ton more comfortable with dropping their kids off if there's one secure place that kids are, are checked in and checked out. And that just helps eliminate unwanted people from the kids area. And I think that's important today. We're living in a tough day today with shootings and and some crazy, violent people out there. And parents really need to feel secure in dropping their kids off in children's ministry. Now, in the student area, honestly, the facilities looked like an afterthought. I hate to say it. Um, it looked like a temporary solution. And I would immediately be concerned as to whether or not my kids would would be attracted to that or enjoy coming to a to a non student friendly environment it 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 really looked kind of rough and there was just nothing nice about those facilities and, and and this would be a problem for me um and let me just say this if you're a pastor please please invest in having nice facilities for your youth and your children and uh and then this is a bigger thing Uh, about this church is there there was only two classes. Um, Since COVID, they've had trouble getting things back together. And so they only had two classes. One class was from ages 12 to 15 years old, and another class was from ages 16 to 30. Ugh, that's quite a a huge range. Even the 12 to 15-year-old class, um, that would actually put my junior high kid in the same room as with sophomore age high school students. And as a parent with a 12-year-old, I don't like that. I think there's too much potential for for major issues when you have high school age hanging out with junior high. But especially the 16 to 30, that's really a dangerous situation in my opinion. College adults hanging out with underage high school kids on on a routine basis, I just don't like that. You know, if it was on occasion, maybe a combined youth service, that's probably no problem. But regularly hanging out, classes together, events together, always together, I think, I I just, my opinion, I think there's way too much potential for issues there. And in this case, with limited resources, I would at least break them up into three classes, junior high, high school, and college age, as much as possible. And so when we're talking brand new young families that are considering your church, they're going to absolutely look at your children and student ministries when they're deciding whether or not they want to take root in your church. Put some attention there. You'll be glad that you did. Then the third takeaway that I want to give you, third and final takeaway, there has to be a hook out of every single service if you want guests to come back again. And so I went back out to my truck uh between Sunday school and, and and church service, and then I walked in to experience what it would feel like walking in from the parking lot to the pew. And so I walked through the door and I started slowly walking through the foyer, and nobody had greeted me by this time, and and I passed up a uh or I passed by a table that had someone standing behind the table. It was a lady, and so I walked a little bit slower. And the lady finally said, good morning. And, and I said, good morning. And so I kept walking slowly. She never stopped me. And I reached the doors to the sanctuary. She, still, she was the only person that greeted me. Opened the doors, walked slowly to find my seat. I got a few more good mornings and greetings, handshakes as I was going to my seat. but I, But I still even to that point, had never identified any one guest relations person. Nobody had a name tag or a lanyard or nothing. There was no guest relation persons that I was aware of. And so let me pause here and say, there must be a guest service team greeting people as they come through the doors. You can call them ushers, hostess, greeters. I don't care. You can call them whatever you want to call them. But there's got to be somebody there, that is greeting people as they come through the door. And if you have a volunteer issue, I understand that. Maybe you're struggling to get willing people to do that. I get that, but at least start with one person. Find one person that's willing to do that. If you can't find somebody, it would be worth your time for you to do it. But I love having having greeters outside the door, if that's possible. Uh, Maybe even in the parking lot. But if that's not possible... A person should never get too far into your foyer without being greeted by someone. And this was a medium-sized foyer, so I'd probably have three or four people there because somebody's going to get tied up with one guest and another guest is going to come in. You need multiple people there. They also need to greet church members. That's that's important. But I also think there needs to be a table of some sort that is clearly identified as as a guest welcome center. And at that center... I think there needs to be three things. There needs to be a gift of some sort. Um, I really prefer a mug or some t- some type of uh, cup or something that uh, because that that'll sort of live in a person's kitchen for years to come with your uh, with your church's branding on it. And so every time they pull that out, they're going to remember they're going to remember your church. And you also need a place to collect their information. Maybe a card or something that you can that you can write their information down or they can write their information down. And I, I usually like to exchange that for the gift. But uh, then you need a brochure of some sort, some sort, maybe a simple brochure that will give them next steps. It should outline preferably one next step, like a discover class. And it can also have some some information about your small groups, your kids' ministry. Your student ministry and and really those are the three things that that are needed at a guest welcome center number one a gift those are these are three of the uh, most important things: a gift, an information card to get their information, and then a brochure, a next steps brochure and some churches even give the the guest a bag that's a certain color uh, with a few more goodies in it. You know, maybe a bottle of water and some, and some uh, mints or something. And this lets the, the congrega- congregation, they go and they sit down with their, their uh, green color bag or whatever. And the congregation knows that that's a guest. And so they go over, many people can go over and welcome them. And, and, and I like that idea. There's a, ton, there's a ton of ways you can do it. But you just need some intentionality with offering that guest some next steps. And uh, and so back to the church, I, I made it into the sanctuary. I was sitting in my chair waiting for the service to start, and some really nice people came by and they, they struck up a brief conversation with me. You know, this church was really a super friendly church, and, and I likely would have come back even though I wasn't greeted in the foyer and didn't get my information or anything like that. I likely would have come back just because the people were so friendly. They were that friendly. Um, But then the service started, and there was a song and then some announcements. But there was no mention of a welcome to uh, the guest or any instructions for the guest. Definitely no mention to the online uh, guest community, which, by the way, I think you need to greet every Sunday as well. But uh, even if you don't have a ton of guests... You never know when they're going to show up. And, and so you have to always welcome guests and provide some sort of next step option. Maybe it's to go to the Welcome Center to, to get their free gift. Maybe you encourage them to do that. Or maybe it's telling them to, about your Discover class or your Next Step class. Find one option. I encourage you, find one option that everyone can agree on and say it every Sunday. And this is going to do two things. Number one, it's going to inform the guest of their next best step. And then number two, it's going to educate your church on what you want every new person to do. So when they bring a guest, they're going to naturally help that person go find that next step. And it shows your church how much you value new people when you talk about them every every Sunday. And so in this service, there, there actually wasn't any preaching. There was a strong move of God, and it was just a powerful, powerful service. Now, to a guest, this could have been a bit scary, for the record. Uh, for the record, I think that, that this is a very much needed from time to time, and you, you want that move of God. You don't want to stop a move of God because there's a guest but I think in those times, it would be very appropriate and and uh, helpful to have a section leader or a couple of people that are just aware that this may, this may happen, or when this happens, that it may freak out a guest. And it would be good to have someone to, to kind of go over to them and just talk to them about what's going on, especially if they aren't praying and it's obvious that they may have questions or they're scared or something. You want to go talk to that person. But thankfully, in this situation, there was a little old man that was sensitive to that, and he struck up a conversation with me and was super helpful and making me feel comfortable and connected in that moment. I don't think that was the that was planned, but he did a great job of, of helping me in that moment. So there you go. There's a ton more to this secret shopper experience. I don't have time to unpack it all, but I want to I want to give you the 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 top. I wanted to give you the top three things that may be helpful for you to watch out for in your church or in your ministry. Thanks to the pastor of None of Your Businessville for giving me permission to talk about this today. I asked for his permission to talk about it on the Christian Leader Made Simple podcast. Again, hats off to him for being willing to allow someone to come in and examine his church in in such great detail. This shows his unwavering desire to reach the world with the gospel, and I love it. I hope this helps in some way, and I hope you have a great day. God bless you.